1: Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up? And welcome to Iris Loves Bradley Cooper. I'm Wesley and I'm here with my older brother,
0: uh, Iris.
1: And today we're discussing Bradley Cooper in Maestro. What,
0: what? Best movie of the year.
1: Look, Bradley Cooper knows what he's doing.
0: Wow. That was actually a pretty good one. I mean, there was the nose controversy.
1: The nose controversy,
0: and you know, I I, I spoke with a real life Jew. He said the nose was not a problem <laughs> with him. I'm serious.
1: You know, Leonard Bernstein's
0: Stein Bernstein. Leonard
1: Bernstein's Bernstein. voice. No, Bernstein, for sure. All right. So his nose changes throughout the course of the film. And in his old age, because your ears and nose never stop growing, it's bulbous. Where the prosthetic almost doesn't do it justice. It does change throughout the course of the film. I'm a little bit worried that Bradley Cooper donning that big schnoz, can I say schnoz? That's what Dad used to used to call it.
0: Yeah, but Dad also calls all women broads.
1: Yeah, so does Mom. But as it went on, and as the nose got bigger, I think it got bigger anyway. Bradley Cooper descended d- into Sylvester Stallone, you know, and he there was a lot of congestion. There was cotton balls up there or whatever to fluff out the nose, and at times he was almost unintelligible.
0: But darling, that's how old noses looked in the day. That's how they looked oh, man. and that's how they sounded when they spoke.
1: This sure is an old-timey movie, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> so that wasn't like a Bernstein, Bernstein affectation that was like literal just like navigating the prosthetics?
1: No, I don't know. But I did listen to Leonard Bernstein when he spoke, and his voice does get much deeper, as most of our voices do, but it was clear. It wasn't nasally or constricted. He he spoke a little bit like this, and but it was still very clear. Whereas Bradley Cooper's was much more nasally and stuffy. And I didn't know why he made that choice. Hmm.
0: Maybe it was all the smokin' and a drinkin'. Man, yeah. Because, boy, these two were chimneys. We're watching this and Brian's like, yeah, Apple would never make this. I was like, why?
1: <laughs> this is the testament to Bradley Cooper's acting. If nothing else, he had to act through a curtain of smoke the entire time.
0: I mean, those don't they have like ginger cigarettes or whatever? So you're not like just bombarding your system with tobacco and nicotine?
1: They used herbal cigarettes. They still use herbal cigarettes. What those herbs are, I, I have no idea.
0: But yeah, he's acting through a curtain of smoke and a wall of prosthetics and no sleep. In the Q&A, they were talking about 1 a.m. makeup calls for Bradley Cooper. Man. Basically sleeping. You just sleep, right? <laughs> I mean, when your makeup takes three hours, that's that sounds like a nap to me. And then he'd be up at 7 a.m. directing in character.
1: But I wonder, like, you couldn't possibly sleep while you're in an, a, a makeup chair, right? Except I think when they put down the first layer of latex, maybe you don't really feel it after that. and Maybe you can sleep while they're airbrushing you and stuff. I
0: mean, just the sheer exhaustion of all of it, I think you can sleep anywhere, anytime.
1: It was said, though, that for heavy prosthetics work, Jim Carrey had to Get like torture training from Navy SEALs and junk to endure the grinch. (gasps) That claustrophobia is not okay. That you you can't you you have to be really in control of yourself in order to endure that day after day.
0: I mean, I don't know why they don't just keep it on. I'm sure there's practical reasons.
1: Like forever. I mean,
0: I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it's not like you're like oh you got to take it off because I'm going out to dinner. Like you're going to sleep or you're going home.
1: So what is Maestro about?
0: Well. It's a love story, and like Bohemian Rhapsody, the filmmakers favor this heteronormative love story over the main character's obvious gay orientation. What's up with that?
1: I don't know. We should take it up with director Bradley Cooper. Director, writer, actor producer, living in the role Bradley Cooper.
0: Oh, he's such the man. You can't say when he's conducting the mass that that's not like the most athletic, committed like I thought he was going to collapse
1: I wondered how the prosthetics were going to stay on and, and you can't fake the
0: sweat Well I mean you can glycerin on top of it or whatever but.
1: Yeah but he's real sweating under there and and he's <laughs> just <laughs> conducting so much that prosthetic like cheeks and forehead and nose go flying in one direction
0: <laughs> You're saying, like, the the sweat works like water in a crevice or whatever, and it just, like, breaks the prosthetic off?
1: They've refined the techniques, but nothing is foolproof, which is why you can't stay in it, because if you live your life, it's going to fall off or it's not going to look camera ready. But there was a quote at the top and... The quote set, I think, a tone for the movie in that it was a little bit confusing and didn't commit to an answer. And Kelly Ray was like, is this quote saying that the movie is a contradictory work of art and has no answers? Because that's annoying.
0: I think he's saying that his life is contradictory. I mean, they obviously had a very unconventional marriage, especially, I would guess, for the time. His music and his career path, not necessarily contradictory, but not following some kind of prescribed course. I mean, from mass to West Side Story, how does one do that in their creative career?
1: And there was a lot of flourish and a lot of really heavy directorial touches. This felt like a later stage Spielberg movie to me. It felt Lincoln-y. Or even West Side Story E.
0: Like Director
1: Chewie E. Right. You know the story about him getting up and going and telling Bradley Cooper in the middle of a star is born? You know, you're directing Maestro because he was up for it. So was Martin Scorsese. Both executive producers, Scorsese and Spielberg, uh, were initially on board to direct this movie.
0: And the story is like legend now. Could you imagine directing for this particular suite of producers? That's a lot of pressure.
1: And I think this is Bradley Cooper's strength. Is he a genius level actor? I'm going to reserve judgment on that. But this dude has cojones because he's just going to be like, I'm going to direct a movie about the guy and I'm going to spend my entire life doing it in five years and make it into a thing for the highest profile directors in the business. And it's admirable in a way. I'm not sure if he's a Scorsese or a Spielberg.
0: It's bonkers. I mean, I think everyone he worked with were impressed. They said they were impressed.
1: So much gushing about Bradley Cooper is the maestro of this movie.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you're hedging a little bit on Bradley Cooper as a talent himself. But the movie itself, you said, was heavily stylized. Do you think too much so?
1: I believe that it was masking... I may not masking, it was boosting the storytelling because I don't feel the story was particularly strong. He seemed like kind of a tiresome, manic person. You know, everything is going so well, but he's gay. And then 20 years later, he looks like George Hamilton and he's all orange and he's still gay. And oh no, Felicia has cancer. So it's going to be about cancer, and then by Felicia, and <laughs> he is gay again. And it wasn't a lot. It was maybe him being accepted by Felicia as a story point, and otherwise it was just his passion and his barreling through life with people being like, "Are you sure that you're okay? Are you the what about the rumors or whatever?" And he's like, "I must conduct," and that—that's kind of what this movie was about. <laughs> Wow. I expected it to be more of a descent into him, like on the verge of madness. Like he was so consumed with this that he had to consume consumables in order to achieve his level of nirvana. It reminded me very much of John Lennon, where he's just moving all the time and restless and interjecting and kind of never stops talking. So when we waited until like 60, he was like 60 years old before he's actually doing coke on camera. I was like, well, there. There it is. But it's been there the whole time because he's definitely gacked to the nines
0: because of his pace. You got to do something to keep that pace. Yeah. Um. Yes, he does live at a breakneck speed. It, it seems to kick off at the very top when he gets his breakout conducting opportunity and then doesn't really the movie doesn't really let off the gas. I think that we're supposed to be reveling in these contradictions of a, a social butterfly and partier and manizer. That's juxtaposed with this, fam, the, you know, this family man and a husband and very serious professional who has very serious professional output. Um, can these exist in a person? Apparently, the thesis of, of Maestro is that, yes, they can. And I guess maybe the theme is what's the toll? What toll does it take on a person? It's just his long roundabout way to understanding Felicia's theme, which is the most important thing in life is to be sensitive to Is to be sensitive to other people and to and (laughs) kindness, kindness, kindness. But he figures it out.
1: Man, you could have been an old timey actress.
0: I've been trying. So
1: when it comes to intimate portrait studies like this, and obviously there's a lot going on in this, not just that, but we are all up in his prosthetic face the whole time. This movie is nothing without its extreme long shots and extreme close ups. Mm. And so it's unflinching in the way that only a big cojones Bradley Cooper movie could possibly be. Mm. Um, if you're right up in someone's face and it's not story or plot driven necessarily. Necessarily, And we're examining his life as he's examining his life over the course of 40 years. Is it necessary for you to like the person or for them to be so unlikable that they're lovable on screen? Hmm. Like, I wouldn't want to hang out with that dude for half a tick. Hmm. How about you? Like Bernstein, not Bradley Cooper. I found him a little insufferable. (laughs) And yet he was a socialite and well regarded, well loved. It seems to be more or less either his professionality and his talent or his wiener. I'm not sure.
0: Mm. But
1: did you like Lenny?
0: I think I could take Lenny in small doses. I think that he'd be fun at a party. <laughs> I, I That's mean, because
1: at the party, Lenny would be taking small doses.
0: He certainly would be. But I don't think that we were necessarily meant to like him. I think maybe we're supposed to sympathize with him and for him.
1: Sympath not and not with Felicia who who wanted to stop the bus and get off.
0: I mean, we were supposed to sympathize with him and pity her. Mm. She was very open and honest about her long sufferingness, about how she was the one who was being dishonest. You know, talking about long shots, they have that one take argument,
1: the Snoopy argument during the
0: Thanksgiving Day parade. <laughs> yeah, the Snoopy argument in the theater that. Snoopy moment got a huge tension-releasing laugh, like waves of laughter. Did that make you laugh?
1: Mm, Not necessarily. It was a little bit distracting, which is contrary to Bradley Cooper's purpose, who wrote that scene a million years ago. One of the first scenes that he said survived the entire process to make it into the finished film, he says you've got this 50-foot Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade going outside and you're still locked on these two people having a little private war. And for me, I was like, <laughs> nope, Snoopy.
0: <laughs> You're like, la, 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 following the float as it, as it just... But I,
1: I mean, I was. I was following. It. it just, it was the elephant in the room. And it was it was hard to ignore, but it didn't, it didn't ruin the scene or
0: anything. The giant beagle in the room. Well, she says to him, you know, that it's all about you and you drain... Everything from us so that you can be the one that has all of the wonderful things. And, you know, there's just hate in your heart and it's hate for us. And he's like, that's you and that's coming from you. And he's like deflecting. But they're saying all of these hurtful things to each other and then she so they and this is kind of um this is not a short movie but they made some cuts in the sequence where they have a falling out like they have this big thanksgiving day war he goes to the rehearsal and he's like i'm gonna do what i want and then she's like i thought i was gonna have an affair but it didn't pan out and then is the mass scene where they come back together so their falling out is like very brief
1: yeah, that was the end. Snoopy was the end. They were divorced, as she detailed in her luncheon after that, after a time jump.
0: Wait, they were divorced?
1: That's That was the impression that I got. I was like, so they're divorced now? Because she and her friend were way talking about Lenny in the past tense.
0: Her friend? You mean Leonard Bernstein's sister?
1: Sarah Silverman, who also said that her brother was a tough one, a tough nut to crack or whatever. What did she say? <laughs> Uh, Discreet, my brother, I doubt it.
0: (laughs) Right. And so she's like, no, tell me about the suitor. Now tell me about the suitor. Yeah. Leonard left Felicia in 1976 to be with Tom in California. Tom was the beautiful one that popped out of his handkerchief, right?
1: It was like five years that they were separated. But... That was the most fun for me in this movie. I don't mean fun, that's not that's crazy, but watching Felicia grow hard after suffering through eons of disrespect in her marriage or whatever, which I guess she went into with open eyes. Have fun with that. But her evolution was extraordinary, and I guess. His, too, he didn't he seemed like the manic fun jumping around, breaking into song and dance kind of kid. But she was so like fresh faced and sparkly eyed and stuff and and so swept up and in and, and love and stuff. And then you see her eyes dim and she's just like smoking and, and like all bitter and stuff.
0: All shrivelly.
1: Yeah, she is so like I never would have thought. You know, Carrie Mulligan showed up at like sixteen or something with an education. And I was like, Okay, well that's was the thing. And then she kind of made her way through and in but comparing this to promising young woman, I think she said was a little bit more of a muted role for her, not quite so flashy. But I was a little bit shocked that Carrie Mulligan showed up like Cray Cray in this movie
0: oh she dominates and she gets top billing does she really I over didn't over writer director producer actor riley cooper yeah she does but she's the she speaks the theme or she speaks basically the one moral truth she's the grounding force not only in in bernstein's life bernstein's life come on what is it
1: Leonard Bernstein, as evidenced by the R.E.M. song that he was playing in his car, which is the only reason I, you, or anyone else in the last several generations knows who Leonard Bernstein is. And they have to say it. Leonard Bernstein.
0: Thank you, Michael Stipe, for an education. Bernstein, like the thing you drink out of. Um, She is the grounding force in Bernstein's life, as well as this movie. She says, you're going to die a bitter old queen alone and he's like "Mm, yeah i don't want that and the rest of the movie is family and they're like doing the can-can and listening to records and running around in their nightgowns and that's what they want to suggest ultimately was important to them which was family
1: i mean and maybe that was what leonard bernstein wanted to get out of this because he and she loved each other so much that their relationship for better or worse survived all of his other predilections until her death and he resisted tom and anyone else and and then after she was dead he's like all right i'm going back to cuban dancing or whatever with bob or tom and otherwise he was he seemed to be a devoted family man except for a the rumors and B his professional schedule because he seemed like he was there was no lull where he's like I don't know where I who I am anymore if I don't have the music he was always in demand he and was. so that took up a lot of his time
0: it didn't seem like yeah the work product slowed down any it was but he did seem like he was a little beleaguered by by the rumors or the criticism of his personal or social life when she says fix your hair you're getting sloppy. I think that was supposed to be indicative of he's playing it a little fast and loose, which is not only contradictory to their marriage agreement, but also seemed like was starting to weigh him down. Like the whole thing with him trying to fix the rumor with his daughter, that was the fight that he was fighting.
1: So the question is whether or not Leonard Bernstein, the actual person, looked like Bradley Cooper would look in adulthood, or if Bradley Cooper came through enough In the Leonard Bernstein movie Maestro that I can't get this idea that the real Leonard Bernstein is Bradley Cooper under a bunch of makeup.
0: (laughs) You can't. You like can't unsee it. It's like Disney. It's Disneyland effect (laughs) at work in a person. And so how much of Bradley Cooper is in the performance or is in the judicious choices that were made in the telling of a life story that is very complicated and contradictory? It seems like a lot. A star is born is a love story. And how much more of a love story was Cooper's version versus the preceding versions I guess I'm not really sure but it's pretty solidly a love story and he definitely appeared very much in love with Lady Gaga when they're performing at the when they were performing at the Academy Awards and he's
1: yeah busted up his marriage
0: and he's taking pictures with Carrie Mulligan and they're holding hands and it's and they're keeping up the illusion right and so the love story was obviously not only obviously but corroborated as being his choice it seems like Bernstein, Bernstein, Bernstein and Tom had a had a relationship of substance. Would it not have been suitable for a film? Would it have been a tragedy because Bernstein eventually ends up with his family? I don't know. I mean, that's the choice they made, but I was I was thinking a lot about Bohemian Rhapsody and how did Freddie Mercury not have a relationship of substance with a man? Is it just this very hetero point of view that makes us focus on their marriages that were made probably largely for show and for pretense.
1: Yeah. A relationship of substance abuse. Get it? Get it? Because they did lots of coke and he was manic the whole time. But Bradley Cooper met Carrie Mulligan and he first brought up the idea of this movie and he pitched it to her saying, I want to make this movie about a marriage. So it was very clearly intended to be about the relationship between these two people, which might have been an unconventional focus or a highly conventional focus, depending on how you look at it. But the other stuff served to inform. It wasn't meant to be salacious. Uh, It was meant to be focused on the trials of a marriage when there are so many extraneous motivators and factors that it can't really sustain. And I guess therein lies the drama. Leonard Bernstein has been around forever. He's regarded as one of the most videoed and photographed composers in history and apparently was was really widely known. He was never on my radar, but a movie had never been really made about him. And Bradley Cooper looked really hard to find the elements. But I'm not sure how much... How effective it is, as this was the story that absolutely needed to be told. Perhaps I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong because there was a lot of interest in this script, but didn't Bradley Cooper write this script?
0: He did. He co wrote it. Is this not, are you saying this is not the definitive Leonard Bernstein story? I'm
1: saying if there is a definitive Leonard Bernstein story, I don't know what it is. I'm not sure that anybody would care. Is it high profile because it's Bradley Cooper and five years of his life and utter dedication and slathered in makeup and big boy filmmakers looking over his shoulders? Or is it like if this movie had shown up unassuming on a film festival, would it have been the thing that people grabbed and was like, oh, my God, this is so amazing that we have to release this in Korea because it has such universal appeal? What did Leonard Bernstein do and did his story need to be told? And as long as we're getting that story, do we love it as it's going? Do you love Bradley Cooper or do you love the story of Leonard Bernstein?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. All I know of Leonard Bernstein is what I've seen in Maestro. I love Bradley Cooper and he elevates this story to a point where I care about Leonard Bernstein. He does it with such style and flourish that makes me think that this is the treatment that this man's life deserved. Some people might say that this is over-stylized. I had one critic remark that it's like a big, look at me, film, and maybe it is. I think whenever someone uses black and white, it's always a little, you run the risk of being pretentious, of seeming pretentious. There are these sweeping, long takes and tracking shots and one-ers and then extreme close-ups where you're all up in the pores of the of the prosthetics <laughs> the pores of the prosthetics <laughs> so like the pinholes it, right exactly like they really get up in his grill and is it too much i don't know it seems fitting but i think that he's going to get the accolades that he's looking for he already has his golden globe nominations and i think they're well deserved but is this golden story Globes don't mean anything or, but is this story important? That's not what I walked away with.
1: All right we have to get to it. We have to get to it. So there's a famous scene. It's six and a half minutes long nearly and he's just going. He's getting Wayne's world level whiplash from all the head banging he's doing <laughs> and he's all in the moment and Kelly Ray is like, is this showing off? Why is this scene so long and so focused? And I said, it's it's showmanship to show that it it can be done, that he can conduct six minutes of Mahler or Mueller or whatever it was, more or less in one take. Like, you know, he's not stopping down and then, okay, now we're going to get this insert shot. And she said, "Well, well, yeah, but is it just to show that Bradley Cooper can do this? They just they let Bradley Cooper have this moment because he can. And I was like, well, Bradley Cooper let Bradley Cooper do it. He directed this movie and she was like, oh, and that made more sense to her because it is a little bit showy offy, but not to Bradley Cooper, who spent five years learning to convincingly conduct and pouring over hours of Bernstein footage of this performance to convincingly conduct an entire symphony orchestra for six minutes straight crazy involved shot. I hope it lands for him because I'm not sure it's going to land for him like everyone. And I hope he gets the accolades he deserves or whatever because, man, that dude worked hard.
0: More crazy than Cate Blanchett and Tar?
1: Not so much, but I was convinced. I love Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh didn't deserve that Oscar, nor did Angela Bassett. Sorry. Taking it away from Kate Blanchett in Tar? My goodness. I thought that was a legendary, career-defining performance in an already well-defined career. This is certainly the moment that's going to be in Bradley Cooper's highlights reel when he's on his deathbed, <laughs> right? The 100th birthday celebration of Bradley Cooper. And they'll play that scene or whatever. And he'll joke about how young he looked as Leonard Bernstein when he's 100 years old as in real life. (laughs) But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Was Bradley Cooper convincing as Leonard Bernstein conducting that orchestra? Yeah. Was Leonard Bernstein's conducting realistic? I don't know. So... I was astounded to find that Whiplash, which was all about precision drumming and Miles Teller actually plays the drums still because of the cuts and the way that that film was shot. It was reported by drumming experts that it didn't sync up. It didn't match up with the visuals on screen, which was astounding to me. And my non drummer self couldn't distinguish, couldn't see the flaws. I don't understand conducting. You point, you do a sweepy thing on the beat, and you point to a person and they're like wah on their tuba or whatever. This doesn't track. It seems like he's in a drug-filled world, all on his own, hearing the music to a different tempo than the people are playing. The visual style of conducting does not sink in my head to the flow of the music. Does it to you?
0: Does conducting make a difference to the actual musical output? That little audience and that little outdoor auditorium or whatever seems to think so. He's like, do it like this. And he did it once. And he's like, "Mm, is that what you meant? Do it again. And he does it again. And then Bernstein stands up and does it again. And I was like, they all sound the same to me.
1: Look the same. Look the same is what's most important. The, the orchestra is looking to the conductor for cues based on the baton. It's such precision work that a hand won't do it. The baton stopping, pointing in midair is what the musicians are focused on. It all looks like gibberish and a cheat to me. And applying that to the broader theme of maestro, I couldn't tell how convincingly he orchestrated that orchestra or played Bernstein because it all felt so out of my range or area of knowledge or expertise. It didn't look right to me. And then you see Bernstein conducting over the the credits, right? And so it's the actual dude. And I was like, see, it doesn't match. And then I realized that the music that they were playing, his symphony over the end credits, didn't match the footage. That's not what he was conducting. But you can't tell because it looks insane.
0: (laughs) There's a small percentage of people who might be able to comment on this. So please hit us up, 818-835-0473 or whatevermovies.com. Listen, Bradley Cooper can't drop his pants and show us those big cojones. He has to play the piano and give us an athletic performance a la Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire conducting on his tiptoes at gravity defying bendy angles. Because that's how he shows just how big those cojones are. Plus, you can't let that full time conductor consultant money go to waste. Like you got to put that all up on the screen, milk it for all the production value it has. It sounds to me like you are questioning not only realism of conducting in cinema, but the importance or necessity of conducting in in real life.
1: And I'm trying to correlate those things. And like, is this the Leonard Bernstein movie we've been waiting for? Has anybody been waiting for a Leonard Bernstein movie? I guess Bradley Cooper.
0: People are ready for the love story of the year.
1: Which I guess this was, even though you even called out how weird that was. (laughs) However, I do think that it was a good focus for this movie because it has Carrie Mulligan. She was so good. Like, astonishing.
0: Like Meryl Streep level. Exactly.
1: She was so stable. And she held this crazy manic dude in her orbit for decades. And I think he it was a real boon. I could—I was like, well, wait. Lady Gaga's a musician. Why wouldn't he just keep her around and carry her over since they had such a connection from A Star is Born? Because Lady Gaga couldn't hold a candle to the vastly surprising Carrie Mulligan in this movie, who I think really held it down for everybody. She was the rock wh- while letting Bradley Cooper's leonard bernstein be whatever the heck he wanted to be
0: this is her year
1: but i would be shocked if they weren't both recognized and frankly if maestro didn't sweep the makeup and prosthetics categories
0: bradley cooper by a nose
1: (laughs) you said it not me okay (laughs) this is my thing is to slightly poo-poo all your bradley cooper movies that you bring and you're like look at this movie and i'm like yeah it's all right
0: thus the enigma the mystery that is bradley cooper maestro so good you got an all right from wes a best picture of the year (laughs) good from iris what did you think 818 835 0473 is his conducting any good or whatevermovies.com for more discussions on bradley cooper's work including nightmare alley the hangover maestro related west side story thank you for listening and we'll see you next time
1: hey guys